Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Pet Psychic Radio Show on blogtalkradio.com, starring world-renowned animal communicator, Laura Stinchfield, the Pet Psychic. Hey, everyone. I'm Laura Stinchfield, the Pet Psychic. I can hear animals telepathically who are living now as well as those who have crossed over. I dedicate this show to teaching humans and animals how to understand each other better. You can log on to the Pet Psychic for all things animal communication, as well as other services and tips provided by Laura the Pet Psychic. We also have video tubes and stuff like that on there. Uh, Call in at 917-889-2693. That's 917-889-2693. Chat room is open. I'm your producer and co-host, Aiku Suhara. Kendra and Diana are on the phones, ladies. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. Um, Sounds like we are having technical difficulties. Really? I can hear you. Can you hear me? No, you sound like you're underwater. Really? Yeah. That's so odd. Maybe it's... uh, Deanna said it's bad. Mm. So, well, why don't we go to our first caller? Yes. Um, who is not there, apparently. <laughs> not getting a good start. Uh, yeah, not a good start to our show. Sorry, caller. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Um, it seems like we're having some technical difficulties. Let's find out. Um, you know what we can do is let's go to Diana and talk about beans. Can we do that? Okay, let's do it. This is a good okay. story, everyone, a survival story. Hi, Deanna, Kendra, you guys are on. Hi. Hi. I found Marsha, by the way. Okay. But um, let's. we can just do beans real quick. I mean, yeah. that was a crazy story, what happened with her. It was, yeah. uh, go on. Yeah, tell everyone what happened. Um, we came home late from baseball practice, and uh, we went inside, closed the garage. We started hearing a muffled meow sound, which sounds like a pillow is over a cat's face. So we look in the closet. She always gets locked in the closet. I open up the garage door to look outside, and she's stuck on the top of the garage door with her head on the inside and her body on the outside at the very top. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. I started screaming. My kids started screaming. All I could think about is to open the garage as fast as I could because I think she was muffled because she wasn't getting air. So we opened it, and she fell down to her back in a puddle of urine underneath her, and she took off. So I'm thinking she's running off to die, and um, I call neighbors to come down to help us find her. I got a flashlight and we're searching the area so I could take her to an emergency room. And um, we finally found her under a bush near our neighbor's house. And we brought her inside and I started checking her out and she walks away from me and runs to go start eating food. I touched her all over. There was like nothing on her. 
everything's fine. We have since had x-rays done and a physical, and she's got nothing wrong with her. I can't believe it. But I can't figure out why she would run to start eating the minute from a tragedy like that. I mean, it was five, ten minutes after. We can ask her, and it's so, you know, this is actually like a common um, issue that people call me because their animals have died getting caught up in the garage door. So Not good. Yeah, so it would be really interesting to hear her experience, and then maybe everybody out there who has cats that like to climb and um, and are climbing that, that may even climb in the garage, we could talk to them about what the garage door can do so they have to be aware of that. Um, so let's get Beans, and Beans is this beautiful calico, right? She's a calico? Is that what you call yes, her? It, you found her, actually, for me. Yes. <laughs> The best cat ever. Best cat. She's so cute. And um and her picture's on Facebook for anyone who wants to to look at her. So I'm at on the Pet Psychic Radio page. Okay, so I'm gonna get beans and ask her how she's feeling and what her experience was. I got really scared. I've never been that scared before. When it was going up, I was trying to jump off, but I couldn't. I got stuck. And when I got stuck in and out, I thought, this is the end. I better scream for help. My eyes went to whirling energy, and all I saw was flashes of light and whirling energy. When the garage door opened again, I thought I was going to die again. Oh, God. But I lived. And I'm so happy I lived. My body's pretty sore. When I walk, my front end is sore. I'm going to ask Beans what to tell all the cats who are who are um, climbers about garages and garage doors. What what should she tell all the cats out there? I would say notice what moves. And if it moves, don't try to climb on it, even though it looks fun and challenging. Because I thought it would be the coolest thing to do. But it was stupid. Tell all your animals. You know the door that goes up? If you climb up there, you could get stuck. And you could die. And that would be stupid. (laughs) That's good advice. What did you say? I said that's good advice. It is good advice. Well, don't do it again. That's all I have to say. I can't take it. She's going to. I want to ask her why she ate the food. Beans, honey, why did you eat? Because I felt like I needed nourishment. And I couldn't swallow. And I thought, if I can eat, I can swallow. 
Oh, that's interesting because I'll bet she felt like because her neck was choking. Her neck was choking. Oh, God. I can't even think about it. Aw. I'm glad she's okay. Everything is great. Good. I'm so glad. Everything that's is so great. scary. So, so scary. Well, thanks, guys. And uh, I guess I'll put you back and we're going to have okay. more today. Okay. Thanks, ladies. Thank Do I sound normal now? You sound normal. Yay. You sound like you were <laughs> underwater before. Oh, that's so weird. You know, probably bandwidth issues. Probably. Um sounds perfect now, so. Great. Okay, on so. To, on to a great show. On to our show. We have Molly, a seven-and-a-half-year-old American bull mastiff. Um, she was diagnosed with osteosarcoma in her leg, and the doctor thinks they should amputate. So they want to know um, how she's feeling, and let's find out. So we're going to talk to mom, Marsha. Marsha, tell us. Hi. I'm sorry to hear about Molly. Tell us what's going on. Uh, she was perfectly healthy dog. She is, um, my husband is a chiropractor. We live on a small ranch in Acton. And um, she, I noticed a week ago that she was limping, which happens if, you know, she plays too hard. Seven and a half years ago, we had a psychic come out to our house to see a horse that we had. And she looked down at the dog and said, oh, did you know that Molly wants to be an only child? So for seven and a half years, we've only had Molly as a dog. There are no other dogs on the property. So we have just had a wonderful time with her, and a week ago when she hurt her leg, my husband adjusted her, and she got better. But I noticed that she wasn't quite eating, and I figured she was in pain. Sunday night, I came home, and I was massaging her and rubbing her, and I felt a lump in her leg. So Monday morning, I took her right to our um, neighborhood vet, and he took films. He first looked at her and said, oh, my gosh, Molly, you're so healthy. She's got a beautiful brindle coat. Um, she's healthy, and he took a film, and he came back, and he looked at me, and he said, Marcia, it's the worst cancer a dog can have. It's bone cancer, and um, he pretty much gave me some pills and said, take her home and let her be comfortable. But my, my husband and I started doing research on this. My husband does work with animals. He's certified to do animal work, and um, we did more research. We decided that we will do whatever we can do to keep her comfortable and I need to have her longer than a month so I changed her diet yesterday um, she's eating like a fiend I put her on a protocol my husband's working with other holistic doctors but we did take her back to our vet and he said if and we've had other doctors tell us that if we amputate her leg she will be completely pain-free and that the dog will bounce back in a matter of three days and she, you go on with your life. I just am concerned. I, I keep praying. I'm doing novenas to figure out what the right thing to do for her is. I don't, I don't know if it has spread. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like it's just in her leg. Good. What and is so Molly on? Yeah. So which leg is it? And and um, where was the lump exactly in the leg? Um, it's halfway down the bottom towards her ankle is the lump, and it's on her back right leg. Oh, it's on the back. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and does she have good mobility now with her yes. leg? Yes. I mean, yes. And when I give her, I give her half the dose of the pain medication you gave me, and it seems to do it because I don't want to over-medicate her. 
And when she has that in her, she I mean, she walks on it. Um, she hops through her doggy door. She's been oh, yeah. perfectly, yeah, she's doing really good. good. I, I'm, I just That's don't know here. what. Mm, yeah, let's ask her, like, how she's feeling and what does she think about having her leg amputated. And I'll tell her, too, that I, you know, one of the big things in my business is I get a lot of animals with bone cancer. And, um, you know, everyone is different. And um, the end of life of the bone cancer is really sad because it can be really painful. But many of the bone cancer dogs that I know of, it they live, because they do holistic medicine too, they live year, two years more. And, right. um, and many times it never spreads to the lungs or spreads to the other, to the other organs. So going the holistic route, you, it's pretty amazing. And being such a young animal and it being so low in her leg, it's very possible that you'll, that it, you'll have isolated it and it won't come back at all after the leg is taken off. And the animals that I do know that are in good shape, you know, to begin with and are healthy to begin with and not geriatric and get their legs amputated, they're fine. So I'm mm. going to tell her that so that she sort of knows that, you know, she doesn't need to be in fear, you know, the whole time. And, um, and let's just sort of see what she, what she says about it. Okay, okay. let me get yeah, Molly. I know the seriousness of it, she says. I kind of want my leg off soon. Because I feel like it happened really fast. And I don't want it to spread really fast. And if we think we can get it off, I want to do it right away. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pretty good in my body. I don't really get sick ever. And I don't really have allergies. I think I'm going to be fine. Everyone's so scared because they hear cancer. But I don't really feel cancer right now. And that's mm. good that you. You caught it so soon, so she doesn't really feel cancer. She doesn't feel that, like, with bone cancer, sometimes it can get, like, this really deep, excruciating pain. But since you caught it so early, it feels more like, um, uh, how do I say it? It feels more like if they had, um, like, a bone chip or something. Mm. So it okay. feels like bruised from the inside, but it doesn't feel like that deep, excruciating pain. Wow. And she says it's kind of like this. I think this is just another part of my life. Oh, wow. If this is what I need to do to live, then let's do it. Oh, she's so positive. Oh, that is so amazing. That makes, it does help. I just, I know she's going to be okay. <laughs> does she seem positive to you? I mean, is she like a positive dog? Um, You know, it was really weird, but about three weeks ago, I looked, for some reason she was on our bed, and I looked at her, and I, I lost a dog 
Oh gosh, seven and a half years ago, to, to um, it, we found out she had cancer in her lung. Within six hours, she was gone. That's how stoic she was. I mean, I never knew the dog was sick, and then she ended up with a cough, blah, blah, blah. And I think three months later, Cheyenne sent us Molly, and I looked at Molly the other day for the weirdest, I knew nothing. She didn't even have a hurt leg yet, and I said, Molly, please don't leave me for a long time. I need you to stay with me. And then it was like two weeks later this happened. So I keep looking in her eyes, and I keep talking to her, and I keep, um, she looks, you know, I was just afraid that, I don't know what I thought. I don't know. I, I'm so not balanced, but I have so much support from my family. My husband's fabulous, mm. Diana. Everybody has just been so supportive. So I am leaning. I'm praying. I just want to know that it, that she won't be so devastated. The vet told me that they would do it, that she'd be home the next day, and in three days she would be totally acclimated to that being gone. Yeah, they, they, they are not normally devastated when they – I mean, unless they're – the only times I've seen them really devastated is when they're already pretty geriatric and then they're lost a limb that sort of balance them. Even if it's ah. the limb really hurt them, it still helps them to balance. But with a dog that gets a long spine, they rarely are. They just keep going. Dogs are, are really to the, to the moment. But what's interesting about that is, about what you were saying, is that you know, cancer definitely has a smell, and it definitely has, like, this energetic look to it. I don't necessarily see it, but I can kind of sense it sometimes. And I think what probably happened is that you noticed it intuitively. You felt it, and you noticed it. But one of the things that is, like, one of our greatest um, our greatest uh, things that we sort of have to have to overcome when we're put in situations that remind us of another situation is to not think that that outcome is going to be the same. So mm. that you know, you kind of have to like every time that negative, like oh my gosh, she could die really fast. Like oh my god, I only have weeks left. Like and cancer sort of gives you that feeling anyway. Anytime you hear the word cancer, you're like oh my god, like this could be like three days, you know? Because oftentimes it can be. But you have to sort of think like, no, it's different for my dog. My dog is going to live a long, healthy life. And there are lots of cancer survivors, and my dog is going to be one of them. And just sort of hold that in your mind of like building up health and and praying for the right supplements or the right doctors to help her on her way to health. Especially when you have a husband who's in the like the animal healthcare practitioner field, very often these situations come so that he can that he can go through it and later on he can help tons of bone cancer dogs. So Right, well that's um, what we thinking too, yeah. Yeah. So just every time you catch yourself like in that fear, switch it. And like my animals because you know I had a wolf hybrid that had cancer attached to her skull down her ear canal oh. and they told oh. me she had less than a week to live. She was six year cancer survivor. Six oh, years. God. So oh. just, and so we had affirmations. Let me ask her what her affirmation should be okay. and what, what you guys could say to, like, help with okay. healing. I want to say I'm boundless. Like I have boundless amounts of energy. That's so Molly. That's so Molly. I'm going to write it down, and I'm going to say it 
a million times. I'm just going to keep saying it because that's half of it is me. I, I know I, my husband keeps telling me, got to be, don't let her, you know, you're strong, she's strong, and it's going to be okay. Yeah, and it's not that, like, like you know, I think it's important that we accept our feelings, you know, and that you can have a moment of, like, oh, my God, this is freaking me out, you know, and cry or, you know, stamp your foot or, like, whatever you need to do, but then get over it. Like, don't right. stay there. Then don't allow your mind to stay there all day long. Just get over it and then get to your positive affirmations because really those affirmations of like if you say, like you can say to her, I have boundless amounts of energy. And she also said, I'm full of life. I'm full of life. If you just have that as your mantra, that can pull all of you out of, you know, destructive thinking. Oh, that's so perfect. That's what I needed because I keep saying it's not about me. It's not about me. It's her. Got to do this for her. So um, that yeah, I, but it I, is about you too because you're. I mean, we're our caregivers. We're their people. We're their mom. So you know, part of it is about you too. And so it's okay to be scared, but you know, then say, you know what? She's not really that sick right now because that's the no. reality of the situation. Right now, she's not really exhibiting that much sickness. So there's no point in thinking that when she's not exhibiting that. That really helps me a lot. I can't even tell you how much I feel I can take a deep breath right now. And I Good. really, really appreciate everything that you just You're going to be a survivor. We are. We are. We are going to be. And I definitely will let you know our outcome, you know, if we get the leg off next week or what we're doing with her. I will definitely keep Dionna informed yeah, what's going on. Call us back and we, see, we can see how she's doing without her leg. No, I promise. As soon as we get going here, I started her on her protocols, and we're taking her to um, find out. So as soon as I know what I'm doing, we will definitely call you back, and I'll let Deanna know. Great. Thanks for calling in. Thank you for all your help. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Well, Molly sounds like a very brave girl. I know. How cute is she? I've got thousands amounts of energy. I know. She sounds very you know, powerful and, like, she's she's ready to face this. I know, because I've spoken to others who are like, oh, my God, that freaks me out. And they ask mm-hmm. things like, what are they going to do with my leg? <laughs> oh. Like, where is it going? And then I yeah. tell them, like, goes to, like, this, like, this, like, uh, like almost like a garbage place. Yeah. Ay. That's not like, fun. Yeah, but she doesn't really care. She's just like, let's just concentrate on my body that's healthy. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So we'll keep you all updated when we find out about Molly. Um, today is World Tortoise Day. Did you know that? I did know that. It's very exciting. We're bringing attention to the world's tortoises and turtles. And to celebrate that day, we have Susan Tellum from the American Tortoise Rescue on with us today. American Tortoise Rescue was started 23 years ago to protect turtles and tortoises by Susan Tellum and her husband, Marshall Thompson. Uh, Biologists and other experts predict the complete disappearance of these reptiles within the next 50 years. So that's not very long. Um, So welcome, Susan Tellum. Thanks for being on our show. 
Hi. Thank you very Hi. much for having me. So tell us, um, what what are some tips on how to save turtles and tortoises, and why is this so important to you and to the world? Well, I think the most important reason that we do this is because um, turtles and tortoises are pretty much down uh, at the bottom of the totem pole in terms of people really paying attention to them, understanding them. You know, dogs and cats are wonderful. They're warm and furry and love you and lick you and, you know, and are um, really demonstrative pets, whereas uh, turtles and tortoises tend to be very aloof, and most people don't think of them as being, um, you know, part of the family kind of thing like other animals. So we're trying to help educate people so that they think of turtles and tortoises as personalities as well as um, the fact that they're disappearing because of habitat destruction and the pet trade and and a lot of uh, negative things happening to them. Uh, a lot a lot of it is because of um you know of ignorance or just people don't take the time to do any learn about their behavior and so on so with world turtle day which we started um in the year 2000 we've now been able to reach out around the globe we have people in Pakistan and Borneo and New Zealand and England and all over the world now celebrating World Turtle Day with us, which is pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. And um, so we give people tips on how they can help. Uh, the main thing is don't buy a turtle or a tortoise because when you buy them, essentially that means that the uh, people who sell them are going to go out and get even more from the wild, and the more they take out of the wild, the more they're depleted. And um, so we suggest always adopting, just like with cats and dogs, it's there are plenty of places to adopt all over the country, and um, there's a list, in fact, on our website, which is tortoise.com, under Adopt, there is a list of national rescues. So it's not hard to find places where you can find these little guys. That's awesome. And, yeah, and and then if you, um, we also have Facebook page, a Facebook page, American Tortoise Rescue, And on that Facebook page, when someone contacts us because they have to place a tortoise, maybe they're um, getting too old to take care of it or the house has been foreclosed on, which has happened a lot lately, um, they can tell me uh, via email that they have a a tortoise or a turtle to place, and then we post it on our Facebook page and find a really good home for it. And it really it's a good way of um, linking people up who have a, a great home for a turtle or tortoise. Okay, so you say not to buy turtles and tortoises. Is there another key thing that we could do to be aware of this issue? Well, um, one thing is you never should um, remove turtles or tortoises from the wild unless they're sick or injured. Uh, A lot of people, when they drive through the desert, they see a desert tortoise walking across the, the highway, or they see it by the side of the road, and they stop their car, and they pick it up and put it in the car and take it home. And that's actually illegal, but a lot of people don't know that. So, or they'll be, you know, in the Midwest, there'll be box turtles wild, and people will pick them up and take them home. 
And so as, when you do that, you're depleting the wild population that can reproduce and have more turtles and tortoises coming into the world. So we are adamant about not taking them out of the wild, unless they're sick or injured. If you obviously mm-hmm. find a, a tortoise that's been hit by a car in the, you know, in the desert or something like that, yes, you you can definitely take it and bring it to a, a wild, uh, wildlife hospital or an exotic vet. Um, but you can't put it back in the wild once it's been taken out of the wild. And um, we are um, we find that if you do that, you basically transmit diseases that they pick up in captivity and they take it back to the herd, and then the herd gets the same diseases. And that's why the desert tortoise has been disappearing. The desert tortoise gets uh, what's called an upper respiratory disease from other tortoises and so if you've got a sick tortoise and you decide to put it back in the wild then it's just going to take that upper respiratory problem to all the other tortoises and so we we don't recommend that we think even if it's been rehabilitated with the respiratory disease it almost always stays in the system and doesn't always show that it's that it's there so best not to do that right and what is your personal connection connection with turtle, turtles and tortoises? Well, um, it's kind of a funny story because I was a cat rescuer for a number of years, um, and one day my husband said to me something like, I like turtles, and I'm like, you do? <laughs> and I never really thought about turtles and tortoises, so um, I did something I wouldn't recommend now, but back then, which was quite a few years ago, I bought two tortoises for him for his birthday. And when we got them home, we decided to start reading about what they need, and we found out that the um, there was really nobody rescuing tur- turtles or tortoises around the country. There were spot places, but not really a big push to help them out. So we decided that we would let the vets know in our area and the, and the humane associations that if they got a turtle or tortoise in, to let us know. Well, that started a flood because there was no other national uh, rescue, and we really realized then that this was an important thing for us to do. Yeah. So we started the nonprofit, and um, uh, since then we've taken in probably we've rehomed about three thousand, a little over three thousand. Wow. I know it became a giant, <laughs> a giant oh, wow. problem, but it was also a good thing because we were able right. to find good homes for them. Oh wow! And who are we talking to today? Uh, uh, my name is Susan Tellum, and uh, I am the founder and executive director with my husband of American Tortoise Rescue. And which turtles are we? Are we talking to tortoises or turtles today? These are turtles today. They're two little mm-hmm. tiny what are called red-eared sliders. Mm-hmm. They are uh, really having a problem because um, the sliders are being sold in a plastic bag with some water in it at yeah. festivals and um, different uh, events and mercados, even down in Los Angeles on Santee Street. Uh, they sell these people sell them for ten bucks in a bag of water, and most people don't know what to do with them. They think they're really cute. They take them home. They don't know what to feed them, and they die. So mm-hmm. we we get um, on occasion we get some little ones in. We got uh, these two little guys in 
One was the size of a dime. He was so tiny. And um, the other one was about a quarter size. And so they've been with us in our turtle hospital um, till they get big enough to go out for adoption. Um, we want to adopt them to a uh, home that has a pond, which is the safest place for a, for a water turtle. We don't like putting them in tanks. It's yeah. too much like being like you and me living in a bathtub. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so we want to find ponds. We love it when people email us and say they have ponds and they're willing to take some water turtles because they are hard to place. They're very messy to take care of, so people mm-hmm. get rid of them quite often. Okay, let's talk to them. Okay. Yeah. So what do you want to ask them? I don't know if they would know if they were dumped or if they ran away. If I mean, we can ask them that, but they might not know if they were so little, if they're kind of like infants. That's you true. Know, kind of like our consciousness when we're that, when we're babies, we might not remember. But I can ask them. And then you mentioned something about do they um, – you wanted to know if they wanted to find a home together. Do turtles usually um, bond with one another? I always, for some reason, I always thought of them as solitary animals. Well, you know, it, it really depends. I, I've seen both. I have uh, I have two very large tortoises who've grown up together, and they uh, oh. spend all day together, but they they do fight. On occasion, so but they do know each other. They're you know they're friends, but other oh, turtles okay. don't really care. Uh, okay, good. Let's let's talk to them. So I'm going to talk to the smaller one first. Okay. That one wants to stay together because I feel protected by my friend. And I also feel like my friend sees better than I do. Sometimes I don't see very well. It feels like bright light. How would you be able to tell if that's true or not? Well, that's really interesting because a lot of times when I come into the hospital and I go over to look at them, the little one has his head out of water and he's staring straight up. So maybe... That's why. Mm, he's trying to see more. <laughs> also, I like to see her. I feel like she's our good friend. And I know a savior when I see one. Um, okay, now here's the other one. I got to tell her something. Why don't we just stay here? Why do we have to go anywhere? Because you want a greater life for them, is that right? Well, you know, they're so little um, that it's a good idea sometimes to adopt them when they're little so people can bond with them better. But on the flip side, we have a pond and we have room when they're big enough to be to go out in the pond. We don't put them in the pond till they're till they're about four inches because the birds can can get them. So so I mean they can they can go and they can stay depending on how they feel. I want to stay here, says the bigger one. The reason why 
I feel a lot of love here. Well, that's true. He says <laughs> that he was placed outside. He remembers. He remembers being outside before. He remembers hands, human hands. And I remember feeling lost. But I'm not lost now. Now I'm found. <laughs> That's so, so cute. cute. <laughs> That's really, they, really like, cute. They sound so young. And so how long did they live, did you say? Because they... Uh, well, these particular kind live 25 years or more. Um, wow. And I have some that I've had since 1990 who were adults when they came in so they're already been with me 23 years and now it's you know they were adults so that's been probably 33 or even longer so it's a commitment that someone has to make for a lifetime Mhm. right so they need wow. to be fed if they're in a pond they won't be able to just eat off the natural environment we feed them. They're they're uh, little uh, fish in the pond, little uh, tiny fish, and then also we throw in prepared turtle food every few days so that they you know they always have enough to eat. And then we also throw some worms in that we get special specially ordered for turtles. So they have they're carnivores, so they have to eat those kinds of things. Right. Wow. Oh. Well, Susan, tell them, uh, thank you so much for being on our show from American Tortoise Rescue. Uh, your website is tortoise.com. Also, you have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash American Tortoise Rescue. And you also have a Twitter, right, at Tortoise Rescue. Is that correct? That's right. And uh, do you have any events coming up? Uh, no, but if people go to World Turtle Day on Facebook, we are doing mm-hmm. some fun contests and giveaways, um, and um, we'll have T-shirts and some other things. And um, we've already started the contest, but they're going to go on through the end of the week. So that's a good oh, place cool. to sign up. That sounds yes. like fun. We're giving away um, plush turtles and turtle flash drives and all sorts of fun oh. things. That is so great. Well, thank you so much for being on our show, and thanks for rescuing all the turtles and tortoises of the world. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Didn't you have a tortoise, Laura? Um, You know, I grew up in the East Coast where they're all over the place, the turtles. So, um, so... I've had some that's like come through my yard or that I found or that I've swam in the lake with and stuff, but none of my own. But I did actually once when we had the fire in Ojai and my and my friend in Upper Ojai had to evacuate. I had his tortoises in my garage for a couple of months. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah, they were hibernating, and I would pet them for him. They were hibernating. Oh, sometimes uh I would pet sit for him. And his tortoises like were in, lived in the house with him, and they went out. They went out every day to their pond and um, to their outside enclosure. But during at nighttime, they were, and during some days they were inside, and they were so cute. They used to go behind the big long curtains, and that's where I would find them. <laughs> like all snuggled behind the curtains. Aww. He also had a pot-bellied pig, and so sometimes I'd come in and then. 
tortoise would be walking across the living room and so is the possibly big. <laughs> but, oh, that's a funny sight to see. Oh, my God, that house is so much fun. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so our next caller uh, is Lucien, the Persian and Siamese cat, uh, 14 years old, just got diagnosed with kidney failure last week. And um, uh, Lucien's parent, Dee Dee, decided to go with the holistic approach. So let's find out um, how he's feeling. And um, Dee Dee, when you say a holistic approach, what are you doing? Well, um, I've been giving him apple cider vinegar and water by syringe um, so that he gets at least a full cup of water a day. Um, I've been giving him um, some aloe vera juice, the kind without preservatives, um, because I know that cats aren't supposed to have aloe vera, but apparently this particular brand is safe for cats. Um, I've been giving him like two to three milliliters of that a day. Um, and I've been giving him wet food, which I hadn't been doing previously, and it seems like um, it's increased his um, appetite. And um, last but not least, I've been giving him um, pure coconut oil in his food. Oh, so good. And so has he been needing fluids too or no? Well, the doctor said that I should bring him in and they were going to put him on IVs and, uh, you know, hydrate him. But I was doing my um, research and I read that it just pretty much prolongs the inevitable. And I just want to know how he's feeling and I don't want him to suffer. I want him to be around forever, obviously, but um, I've I've had him here in in our home for four years now. We adopted him from a shelter and we were told he was two and I was really blown away when I found out that he he's 14. Um, so I just don't know what to do. Okay, let's get Lucian and ask him how he's feeling. I'm starting to feel a little bit better. I still have some weak moments. But I don't have any pain in my back anymore. And also I feel like it's been easier to pee. I thought I was peeing a lot for a while and it was stinging a little bit. But it feels much better now. I don't see myself dying anytime soon. I want my mom to know I'm not a big fan of all the supplements. (laughs) But if you think that I need them, I'll take them. Because I want to make you happy. And I'm wondering, does my mom think we look alike? (laughs) Because I think we look alike. Do you guys look alike? I I don't know. I've never. I think. I think I look more like a Shih Tzu than a cat. <laughs> <laughs> so cute! I'm oh my funny. gosh. <laughs> I think we do. He says. Oh. Mama, I'm getting better. I think I'm gonna live a long time. Oh, that's so good. 
Oh, I'm so glad. Oh, my heart was just breaking. Oh, it sounds like he's doing great. You know, I know lots of cats that live a very long time with kidney failure. Really? Very, oh, God. A very long time, yeah. So he's not suffering. He doesn't feel like he's in pain. He, every now and no. again, he kind of has a low moment. but Yeah, and I think that might, you know, we all kind of have low moments every now and then. But he, um, no, he feels like he's actually getting better. So whatever you're doing, all that stuff you're doing seems to be really helping. It will be interesting oh, to take good. another blood test in a little while and see just how much it's helping. His, I'll bet his values will change. Oh, that would be wonderful. Oh, God, I'm so grateful that I got a hold of you. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're Thank welcome. You, Dee Dee. And call, call back. back. I yeah, will. I want to know after the lab results, after you've been doing okay. this cool stuff. <laughs> Okay, okay, thank you so much. Thanks, Didi. Um, And kidney disease, that's the thing you've been doing, that parsley tea thing, right, Laura? Yes. Have you done the parsley tea again? Yes. I steeped it for 20 minutes. Oh, that's, that's correct, what I right? should say, steeping, right? That's what maybe I should, how I should say it. Yes, steep it for 20 minutes. So yeah. I just chopped a and bunch up, and then I filled up the water like to like cover it. And then I steeped mm-hmm. it for 20 minutes. Exactly. apparently when you boil it, it turns gelatinous later, which is very strange, and I didn't know that. That sounds like aloe vera. I know. It was very strange. But anyways, let's move on. Um, today we have uh, Marley's Mutt segment with Zach Scow. And we have Eve, who is the cutest, most beautiful dog Um Zach, tell us what's been going on with Eve, who is the Catahoula Hound Dog. Well, we found her on Christmas Eve um, of last year, and uh, actually our male lady found her in the snow. She's about four months old, roughly, and she's obviously deaf and obviously has vision issues as well. She can see and she can get around pretty well, but she's startled uh, by a lot of things, so we think her vision is quite limited. Um she was adopted by a family that knew very well about her situation and her sensory issues. Um, and four months later, they uh, I was actually out of the country, and they called and, and told my dad, essentially, that if, they, if my dad didn't take her back, or if we didn't take her back by Thursday, they were going to all of this for, for not good enough reasons to, uh, to bail out on her dog. Very understandable reactions that she had while going to the vet. So, unfortunately, uh, she's back with us, but I'm actually kind of happy about that. Cause there's so, is she going to be up for adoption? Yeah, absolutely. She just got saved yesterday because she was at the veterinary hospital. And um, she's doing incredibly well. She got introduced to the whole crew and she's doing awesome. So, uh, I'm not worried about her. The description she gave me over the phone is a lot. A lot. We're just... Zach, we're having a hard time hearing you right now. Oh, I think we might have lost. I think we lost him. Um, let's see. So, so should we talk to Eve? Yeah, let's talk to Eve. I was having a hard time hearing him saying exactly what was going on. All I heard was that he is that Eve is blind and deaf. Oh, there you are. Sorry about that. I'm, I'm staying in Los Angeles. I think they have spotty stuff on the touch. 
So, um, yeah, essentially she's, she's doing a lot better. She went to stage yesterday. We helped her conquer her fear of veterinary hospitals. She got a spend her entire day. Yeah, you were talking a little bit louder. I can't hear you. Um, yeah, sure. Um, what else would you like to know about her? Okay, um, well, let's, what, what would you like to ask her? I guess the biggest question would be, how is her vision affecting her daily life? How does she see the world? Um, oh, okay. Very bizarre behavior involving sight, or shadows more, more particularly. Oh, okay, so how does she view the world, and maybe what can we do to explain to her shadows? Um Okay, let's get Eve. Okay. There's sweet little Eve. I think what I need to tell them, I'm glad to be back. I was having a hard time at my other home. They didn't understand me. I'm really good at understanding people. I understand their feelings mostly. When people are committed to compassion, I feel safer. I have a pretty good smell, so I can get around. But my eyes, things are jagged. It's not that I don't see totally. I see things jagged. And it's really hard. And the shadows looks like something's falling on me. And I don't like that feeling. I wonder what we could do is tell her maybe to close her eyes at that time and just go back to her sense of smell. And to feel her paws on the ground, because maybe her sense of smell and her feeling would be a good enough judge. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she says she hears a really sharp, high-pitched noise. But I don't hear voices. Ah, so good. sweet. Oh, she is just adorable. Uh, when is she going to be up for adoption, Zach? Uh, give us a couple of weeks, probably, uh, for more time to get her comfortable and uh, assimilated. She's done great with all the rest of the dogs, but we need to find out ways to keep her occupied. We almost yeah. have to treat her like a dog with separation anxiety because she mm-hmm. she's uh, stimulated by shadows so much, and she kind of runs around in circles and barks. So we need to find creative ways to keep her attention. Mm-hmm. She runs so, around in circles and barks. Wow. And um, will we be able to get all this information on marleysmutts.com? Yeah, we we still haven't added her officially as adoptable, but she'll be mm-hmm. up in the next few days. And you can Great. see updates about her on Facebook. Mhm. Okay. Well, we are excited to find out um, her what's go- her progress and what's going on with her. So keep us posted. Yeah, absolutely. Next time I'll uh, I'll try to call you from Atlanta. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. That's uh, Zach from uh, Marley's Mutt dot com. 
and uh, Zach Scow with Eve the Blind uh, Catahoula Hound Dog, who is just a complete sweetheart. So we'll yeah. get an update on that, and um, you'll find all that information on our Pet Psychic Radio Facebook page as well. So um, let's take another call. We're going to be going with, let's see here, we have uh, Cleo, a lab, who's on uh, our Facebook page, 16 years old, uh, white, it's a white dog, and um, let's talk to Amelia and find out what's going on with Cleo. Amelia, what's going on with Cleo? Hi there. Um, she is. She went through a series of seizures a year ago, and Aww. she's on um, anti-seizure meds, and she's very skinny because her appetite is, I think the medicine affects her appetite. Um, and I am just curious to see if she, if the seizures should have been the, the time when she, for her to go, and if she's ready to pass on, and if not, if not, how can I make her life more comfortable? Okay, let's ask sweet Cleo. 16, I hope my Stormy lives to be 16. Sometimes I'm really ready. It's just hard. It's hard to move around. And sometimes I have a bad headache. Can you tell my mom that I'll always know the softness of her touch? That feeling is so deep inside of me. And I also want her to know that I I will go to heaven in her hugging love. We don't have to send me right away, Mom. But it's okay to start preparing. We could say goodbye to all my old friends. Like the man that makes us laugh. We could do, like, fun things. Maybe you could feed me some greasy meat. <laughs> or with, or sit at the park. Or take me into a store and get me a treat. Do you know what she's <laughs> talking about? Yeah, we go to, well, I, I've taken her to the, the pet food store. Or whenever, whenever I take her into any store, they... They always give her a treat. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. And Laura, mention you know what you can do when she's saying prepare. You can do all these things, and also, don't you talk about the after, what your whatever your belief is in the afterlife and all that. Sort exactly. Of thing? Yeah, Amelia, you want to tell her about what what your ideas of the afterlife is, and also this to tell her that when she's ready to go and you, and if you need to help her to fly as high as that she can go. And that will help her when she her spirit leaves her body to remember to fly as high as she can go. And then she can come back and touch you all. And uh, if you tell her what your visions of the afterlife are, you know, about how she could see loved ones of yours on the other side, it makes it a little bit easier for them. But she's not really scared to go, which is good. She's sort of at the point where she realizes her body is getting, it's harder to live in her body. She's not really scared to go. 
and it, I was comforted to hear about how she she like will always remember your touch and the feeling of your love hugging her because some animals don't know that they'll still have that feeling once they get to heaven. So she she's probably been sort of going in between worlds at this point. But what she's saying is about how it doesn't need to be right away. And she's saying, you know, do what you need to do to prepare too. You know, like, do you want to have friends over to say goodbye to me? Do you want to, you know, sit at the park with me? Like, what, what do you need also before I go? So she's not in any rush. Like I need to go tomorrow. I'm in so much pain. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. Amelia. Well, we'll be thinking good things for you. Yeah. Thank you. She is Cleo. Cleo. We've had a lot of positive, positive animals on the show today. It's so true. We have, haven't we? Yeah. All have been pretty positive. I know. Very strong and positive animals. Uh, Speaking of strong and positive animals, is Storm King going to be doing words of wisdom today? Stormy. Wake up. Yeah, he says, I want to do words of wisdom. What do you want to say? If you feel yourself being negative, you have to remember love is big. Love is bigger than all of us. And if you can find a little bit inside of you and concentrate on that, eventually you'll feel the enormity of it. That's a good one. Yeah, Storm King, the doggy llama. I know, you are like a doggy llama. That's amazing. Good words of wisdom. Good job, Stormy. Good job. Okay, well, it's the end of the show. Thank you all for listening. Um, I just want to shout out to Love That Dog Hollywood for helping me out with Ripley's TPLO Surgery Fundraiser. You can check out their show with Addy Daddio on gbbradio.com. Love That Dog Hollywood. Tune in next here, uh, next week here on the Pet Psychic Radio Show to talk to the animals. Until then, you can go to thepetpsychic.com. That's thepetpsychic.com for more tips on animal communication as well as private consultations with Laura. You need to make your private consultations. Also, like us on Facebook.com slash PetPsychicRadio. You can post your pictures of your animals on there and ask ask us questions. Um, We try to get to some of those during the show as well. So do that. Um, You can also email us at PetPsychicRadio at gmail.com if you want to do an email question, and we like to read those on the air sometimes. So please do that. Uh, like us on Facebook.com, um, Pet Psychic Radio. And if you're not following us on Twitter, please do so at The Pet Psychic. So we'll see you all next week. Talk to your animals, and we will be here. Yay! Talk to the animals, everyone. She can talk to